Hi friends, welcome back to Leap Before You Die channel. My name is Vipul and today we are going to start with a new playlist which is based on the complete works of Swami Vivekananda. Now, Swami Vivekananda needs no introduction. He was a key figure in introduction of Indian philosophies of Vedanta and Yoga to the Western world. And he is credited in raising interfaith awareness and bringing Hinduism to the status of major world religion in the late 19th century. And perhaps he is best known for his speech that begin with Sisters and Brothers of America, wherein he introduced Hinduism and Parliament of World's Religion in Chicago in 1893. And what a better way to start this playlist with that roaring speech. So without much ado, let's dive into the speech directly. Sisters and brothers of America, it fills my heart with joy unspeakable to rise in response to warm and cordial welcome which you have given us. I thank you in the name of the most ancient order of monks in the world. I thank you in the name of the mother of religions. And I thank you in the name of millions and millions of Hindu people of all classes and sects. My thanks also to some of the speakers on this platform who are referring to delegates from Orient have told you that these men from far away nation may well claim the honor of bearing of different lands, the idea of toleration. I'm proud to belong to a religion which has taught the world both tolerance and universal acceptance. We believe not only the universal toleration but we accept all religions as true. I'm proud to belong to a nation which has sheltered the persecuted and the refugee of all religion and all nations of the earth. I'm proud to tell you that we have gathered in our bosom the purest remnant of Israelites who came from southern India and took refuge with us in the very year which their holy temples were shattered to pieces by Roman tyranny. I'm proud to belong to a religion which has sheltered and is still fostering the remnant of grand Zoroastrian nation. I'll quote you, brethren, a few lines from Haman, which I remember to have repeated from my earliest boyhood, which is very day repeated by millions of human beings. As the different streams have their sources in different places, all mingle the water in the sea, so, O Lord, the different paths which men take through different tendencies, various thoughts they appear crooked and stretched all lead to thee the present convention which is one of the most august assemblies ever held and it itself as a vindication a declaration to the world to the wonderful doctrine preached by gita whomsoever comes to me through whatsoever form i'll reach him all men are struggling through path which in end lead to me Sacrinism, biogatry, its horrible descendant, fanatism, have long possessed the beautiful earth. They have filled the earth with violence, civil <coughs> drenched it often and often human with human blood. 
destroy civilization and send the whole nation to despair. Had it not been those horrible demons, human society would be far more advanced than it's now. But their time has come. And I fervently hope that all bell that trolled this morning in honor on this convention may be death knell for all fanatism. Of all prosecutions with the sword of with the pen and all the uncharitable feelings between persons <clears throat> wending their ways to the same goal. I will tell you a little story. You have heard the eloquent speaker who has just finished. Let us cease from abusing each other. And he was very sorry that there should be always so much variance. But I think I will tell you a story which will illustrate the cause of this variance. A frog lived in a well. It had lived there for a long time. It was born there and brought up there. And yet, little small frog, of course, the evolutionists were not there to tell us whether the frog lost his eye or not. But for our story's sake, we must take it for granted that it has its eyes. And that's every day cleansed with water of all forms and bacilli that lived in it with an energy that would do credit to our modern bacteriologists. In a way, it went to and become little sleek and fat. Well, one day another frog that lived in the sea came and fell into that well. Where are you from? I am from the sea. The sea? How big is that? It is as big as my well. And he took a leaf from one side and well to the other side. My friend, said the frog of the sea, how do you compare sea with the little well? Then the frog looked at another leaf and asked, is your sea so big? What nonsense you speak to compare the sea with your well? Well, said the frog to a well, nothing can be bigger than my well. There can be nothing bigger than this. This fellow is liar, so turn him out. That has been the difficulty all the while. I am a Hindu. I am sitting in my own little well. Thinking that whole world is my little well. The Christian sits in his little well and thinks the whole world in his well. The Mohammedan sits on his little well and thinks that's the whole world. I have to thank you, America, for the great attempt you are making to break down the barriers of little world of ours and hope that in the future the Lord will help you and accomplish your purpose. Three religions now stand in the world which have come down to us from time prehistoric. Hinduism, Zoroastrianism and Judaism. They all have received tremendous shock and all of them proved by their survival, their internal strength. But while Judaism failed to absorb Christianity and was driven out of place of birth by its all-conquering daughters, and handful of Parsi is all that remain to tell the tale of great religion. Sect after sect arose in India and seemed to shake the religion of the Vedas to its very foundations. 
But like the waters of seashore in a tremendous earthquake, it receded only for a while, only to return in an all-absorbing flood and a thousand times more vigorous. And when the turbulence of the rush was over, these sects were all sucked and absorbed and assimilated into immense body of mother faith. From the high spiritual flight of Vedanta philosophy, of which the latest discoveries of science seem like echoes in the low ideas of idolatry with its multifarious mythology, the agnotism of Buddhist and atheism of Jains, all have a place in the Hindu religion. When then the question arises, where is the common center to all these widely diverging radii, convergence? What is common basis upon which all these seemingly hopeless contradictions rest? And all this question I shall attempt to answer. The Hindus have received their religion through revelation of Vedas. They hold that Vedas are without beginning and end. It may sound ludicrous to the audience how a book can be without beginning or an end. But by Vedas no book are meant. They meant the accumulated treasury of spiritual laws discovered by different persons in different times. Just as the law of gravitation existed before its discovery and would exist if humanity forgot it, so it is with the laws that govern the spiritual world, the moral, ethical and spiritual relations between soul and soul, between individual spirits and the father of all spirits, where they are before in discovery and would remain even if we forgot them. The discoveries of these laws are called rishis and we honor them as perfect beings. I'm glad to tell you, the audience, that some of the very greatest of them were women. Here it may have said that these laws, as laws may be without end, but they must have a beginning. The Vedas teach us creation is without beginning or end. Science is said to have proved that some of total cosmic energy is always the same. Then if there was a time when nothing existed, where was all this manifested energy? Some say it was in potential form of God. In this case, God is sometimes potential and sometimes kinetic, which would make him mutable. Everything mutable is compound and everything compound must undergo that change, which is called destruction. So, God would die, which is absurd. Therefore, there never was a time when there was no creation. If I may be allowed to use a smile, creation and creator are two lines, without beginning and without end. Running parallel to each other, God is ever active, provided by whose power systems. After systems are being evolved out of chaos, made to run for a time and again destroyed. This is what Brahmin boy repeats every day. The sun and the moon and the Lord created like the sun and moon of previous cycles, and this agrees with modern science. Here I stand, I shut my eyes and try to conceive my existing I, I, I. What is the idea before me? The idea of body, am I then nothing but a combination of material substance? The Vedas declare, no, I am a spirit. Living in a body, I am not a body, the body will die but I shall not die. Here am I in this body, it will. It will fail, but I shall go on living. 
I had also a past, the soul was not created. For creation means a combination, which means certain future dissolutions. If then the soul was created, it must die. Some are born happy, enjoy perfect health with beautiful body, mental vigor, and wants supplies. Others are born miserable, some are without hands or feet. Others are idiots and only drag on rich existence. Why, if they are created, why does a, just a merciful God create one happy and another unhappy? Why is he so partial? Nor would it mend matters in least to hold that those are miserable in this life would be happy in the future one. Why should a man be miserable even if here in this reign of just a merciful God? In the second place, the idea of created God does not explain the anomaly and simply express the cruel flap in all-powering being. There must have been cause then before his birth to make man miserable or unhappy and those were past actions. Are not all the tendency in the mind and body accounted for by inherited aptitude? There are two parallel lines of existence, one of the mind, the other of matter. If matter and transformation answer are all that we have, there is no necessity for supposing the existence of soul. But it cannot be proved that though it has been evolved out of matter and if philosophically monism is inevitable, Spiritual monism is certainly logical and no less desirable than a materialistic monism, but neither of these is necessary here. We cannot deny that bodies acquire certain tendencies from hereditary, but those tendencies only mean the physical configuration, through which a peculiar mind alone can act in a peculiar way. There are other tendencies peculiar to soul caused by its past action and a soul caused a certain tendency when by the laws of affinity takes birth in a body which is fittest instrument for the display of that tendency. This is an accord with the science for science wants to explain everything by habit and habit is got through repetitions. So repetitions are necessary to explain the natural habit of newborn soul and since they were not obtained in this present life, they must have come down from past lives. This other suggestion, talking all this for granted, how is it I do not remember anything of my past life? This can be easily explained. I am now speaking English. It's not my mother tongue. In fact, no one of my mother tongue are now present in my consciousness. But let me try to bring up and then the Russian. That shows that consciousness only is surface of the mental ocean. And with this depth are stored up in our experiences, try and struggle. They would come up and you would be conscious even if in your past life. This is direct and demonstrative evidence. Verification is perfect proof of a theory. And hence the challenge thrown to the world by rishis. We have discovered the secret by which very depth of ocean of memory can be stirred up. Try it and you will get a complete remnants of your past life. So then the Hindu believes that he is a spirit. Him the sword cannot pierce. Him the fire cannot burn. Him the water cannot melt. Him the air cannot dry. The Hindu believes that every soul is a circle whose circumference is nowhere but those whose center is located in the body and that death means change of the center from body to body. 
nor is soul bound by the conditions of matter it's very essence it's free unbounded holy pure and perfect but somehow or the other it finds itself tied down to the matter and thinks of itself as a matter why should the free perfect and pure being be thus just under thalamus of matter is next question how can perfect soul be delanded into belief that it is imperfect we have been told that hindu shirk in the question and say no such question can be there some thinkers want to answer it by proposing one of the most quasi perfect being and being scientific names to fill up the gap but no naming is not explaining the question remain the same how can perfect become quasi perfect and how can pure absolute change even if a microscopic particle of its nature the absolute change even if a microscopic particle is nature but the hindu is sincere he does not want to take shelter under sophistry he is brave enough to face question in manly fashion and his answer is i do not know i do not know how the, the perfect being the soul came to know to think that itself is imperfect and joined to and conditioned by matter but the fact is fact for all this it is fact in everybody's consciousness that one thinks of oneself as body the hindu does not attempt to explain why one thinks one as a body the answer to that is is the will of god is no explanation this is nothing more than what hindu says i do not know well then human soul is eternal and immortal perfect and infinite and death means only a change of center from one body to another the present is determined by past action and the future by present the soul will go on evolving up or reverting back from birth to birth and death to death but here is another question is man a tiny bot intensed raised one moment on formic crest of below and dashed into us who are yawning chasm in the next rolling to and fro to the mercy of god of bad actions powerless helpless wreck in ever raging rush ever rushing uncompromising current of cause and effect a little mouth placed under a wheel of causation which rolls in crushing everything on its way and the weight is for widow's tear or orphan cry the heart sinks at the idea yet this is law of nature it's is there no hope is there no escape was a cry went upon from the bottom of the heart and despair it reached that stone of mercy and word of hopes and consolation came down to inspired by vedic stage as he stood up before the fire and his triumph was proclaimed his glad tidings here your children of immortal bliss even ye reside in higher spheres i have found that ancient one who is beyond all the darkness all delusion knowing him alone shall save from death all all of it again children's of immortal bliss what a sweet what a hopeful name allow me to call you brethren by that sweet name here's an immortal bliss yeah the hindu refuses to call you sinners your children of god and sharer of immortal bliss holy and perfect beings yet divinities on earth sinners it's a sin to call a man so it's a standing libel on human nature come up on lines and shake off the delusion that is you are sheep you are souls immortal spirit free blessed eternal you are not matter you are not bodies matter is not your servant you not your servant of matter thus it's all that vedas proclaim not a dreadful combination of 
unforgiving laws and not an endless prison of cause and effect but that's at the head of all these laws and it's through every practice of matter and force stands one by whose command the wind blows the fire burns the cloud rains and death stalks upon the earth and what is his nature is everywhere the pure and the formless one the almighty and all merciful thou art our father thou art our mother thou art our beloved friends thou art the source of all strength given us strength thou art he has buried and burdens of universe help me bear the little burdens of his life the sang the rishis of the vedas and how to worship him through love he is to be worshipped as one of the most beloved dearer and then everything in this and next life this is doctrine of love declared in our vedas and let's see how fully developed and taught by krishna whom hindus believe to have been god incarnate in earth he taught that man is ought to live in this world like a lotus leaf which grows in water but never moistened by water so man is ought to live in this world his heart to god and his hands to work it is good to love god for hope of reward in this our next world but it's better to love god for love's sake and the prayer goes lord i do not want wealth nor children nor learning it will be thy will i shall go from birth to birth grant me this and i may love without hope and reward love and selfishly for love's sakes one of the disciples of krishna the then emperor of india was driven from the kingdom by the enemies and had to take shelter with the queen in the forest in the himalayas and there one day the queen asked him how it was that the most virtuous of men should suffer so much misery yudhishthira answered behold my queen the himalayas now grand and beautiful they are i love them they do not give me anything but my nature is to love the grand and beautiful therefore i love them similarly i love the lord he is a source of all beauty and all sublimity he is only object to be loved my nature is to love him and therefore i love i do not pray for anything i do not ask for anything let him <coughs> place me wherever he likes i must love him for love's sake i cannot trade in love the vedas teach that soul is divine and only held with the bondage of matter perfection will be reached when the bond will burst and when the world they use it for therefore mukti freedom freedom from bonds of imperfection and freedom from death and misery and this bondage can only fall through the mercy of god and this mercy comes on the pure so purity is the condition of his mercy how does that mercy acts he reveals himself to the pure heart and pure and the stainless see god yeah even in this life dia and then only all the crookedness of the heart is made straight that all doubt ceases he is no more freed of a terrible law of causation this is very center and very vital conception of hinduism the hindus do not want to live upon words and theories if there are existence beyond that ordinary senseless existence he want to come face to face with them if there is a soul in them which is not matter if this all merciful universe soul he will go to him direct he must see him and alone can destroy the doubts so the best proof of hindu sage given about soul about the god i have seen the soul 
I've seen the God and that is the only condition of all perfections. The Hindu religions does not consist in struggle and attempt in belief a certain doctrine or dogma but in realizing not in believing but in being and becoming. Thus the whole object of the system is constant struggle to become perfect, to become divine, to reach God and see God and this reaching God, seeing God, becoming perfect even in the father of heavens is perfect constitutes the religion of the Hindus. And what becomes of man when he attains perfection? He lives a life of bliss infinite. He enjoys infinite and perfect bliss, having obtained the only thing in which man sought, have, sought to have pleasure, namely, God enjoy the bliss with God. So far, all the Hindus are agreed there is a common religion of all, the sects of India, but then perfection is absolute. And the absolute cannot be two or three, it cannot be any qualities, it cannot be any individuals. And so when a soul becomes perfect and absolute, it become, must become one with Brahman. And it would only realize Lord as a perfection, the reality of its own nature and existence. Existence absolute, knowledge absolute and bliss absolute. We have often and often really read this, the losing of individuality and becoming a stock or a stone. He just as scars that never felt a wound. I will tell you that nothing of that count in this. If this is happiness to enjoy consciousness of small body, it is must be greater than happiness to enjoy consciousness of two bodies. The measure of happiness increasing with the consciousness of an increasing number of bodies. The aim, the ultimate of happiness being reached when it would become universal consciousness. Therefore, to gain infinite universe individuality, this miserable life, prison individuality must go. Then alone can death cease. When I am one with life, then alone can misery cease. When I am one with happiness itself, alone can error cease. When I am one with knowledge itself, there is a necessary scientific conclusion. Science has proved to me physically individuality is a delusion. And really my body is little continuously changing body in an unbroken ocean of matter and Advaita, unity, in the necessary conclusion with my other counterpart's soul. Science is nothing but finding of unity. As soon as science would reach perfect unity, it would stop from further progress because it would reach the goal. Thus chemistry could not progress further than it would have discovered one element out of which all of other could be made. Physics would stop when it would be able to fulfill its services in discovering one energy which all the others are built manifestations. And science of religion become perfect when it would discover him who is one life in universe of death. Him who is constant, based on ever-changing world. One who has only one soul of what all souls but delusive manifestations. Thus, it is through multiplicity and duality that ultimate unity is reached. Religions can go no farther. This, this is the goal of the, all the science. All science is bound to come to a, this conclusion in the long run. Manifestations are not creation, is a world of science today. And Hindu is only glad that what he is being cherishing in his bosom for ages is going to be taught in more forgivable language and with further light to the latest conclusion of science. Descendants we now from aspirational of philosophy in the religion of the ignorant. At the very outset, it may tell you that there is no polytheism in India. In every temple, 
it only stands by listens on uh, one by with worshipper applying the attributes of god including omnipresence to the images it is not polytheism nor would the nature hedonism explain the situation the rose called by any other name would smell as sweet names are not explanations i remember as a boy hearing a christian missionary preach to a crowd in india among other sweet things he was telling them that was it gave to a blow to their idol with his sticks what can it do one of the hearers sharply answered if i abuse a god what will he what can he do you should be punished said the preacher when you die so my idol will punish you when you will die retorted the hindu the tree is known by its fruits when i have seen amongst them they are called idolaters men the like of whom the immorality and spirituality love i have never seen anywhere i stop and ask myself can sing they get holiness superstition is a great enemy but bigotry is worse why does christian go to church why is cross holy why is a face turned towards the sky in prayer why are there many images in the catholic church why are there so many images in mind of protestant why then they pray why brethren why can no more think about everything about mental image that we can live without breathing by laws of association the materialistic image calls up on the mental idea and vice versa this is why the hindu uses external symbols when he worships he will tell you it helps to keep his mind fixed on the being to whom he prays he knows as well you do the image of god is not omnipresent after all how much does <clears throat> omnipresence mean to almost the world it stands merely as a word as a symbol has got superficial area if not we will repeat the word omnipresent we think of that extended sky or or the space that's all as we find that somehow or other by laws of our mental constitution we have associated our ideas of infinity with the image of blue sky or the sea so we naturally connect our ideas of holiness with the image of church a mosque a cross a hindus have associated the ideas of holiness purity truth omnipresence and such and ideas with different images and forms but with this difference while some people devote their whole lives to the ideals in the church and never rise higher because of them religion means intellectual <coughs> assent to certain doctrines and doing good to their fellows the whole religion or the of the hindus is centered in realization man is to become divine by realizing this his the divine idols of temples or churches or books are only supporters the help of his spiritual childhood but on he must progress he must not stop anywhere external worship material worship says scriptures and the lowest stage struggling to rise high mental prayer in the next stage but the highest stage is when lord has been realized Mark some honest man who was kneeling before idols tell him him the sun cannot express nor the moon nor the stars the lightning cannot express him what could <coughs> we speak as fire though him they shine but he does not abuse any one of those idols or call worship sin he recognizes that it is a necessary stage in life the child is father of man would it be right for an old man to say that his childhood is a sin or youth is a sin if a man can realize that his divine nature with the help of an image would it be right to call him a sin nor even when he has passed that stage should he call it an error to that hindu man is not traveling from error of truth but from truth to truth from lower to higher truth to him the all religions in the lowest fetishism to the highest 
absolutism made so many attempts of all human soul to grasp and realize infinite and each determined by conditions of his birth and associations and each of these mark the stage of progress and every soul is a young eagle soaring high and higher gathering more and more strength until it reaches glorious sun unity and variety is the plan of nature and hindu has recognized it every other religion lays down center fixed dogmas and try to force society to adopt them it places before society only one quote which must fit jack and john and henry all like if it does not fit john or henry he must go without coat or cover the body the hindus have discovered that the absolute can only be realized or thought or stated through the relative or images crosses crescent are simply simply the many symbols so many pegs to hang in the spiritual ideas of on it is not that this help is necessary for everyone but those who do not need it might not be right to say if it's wrong nor is compulsory in hinduism one thing i must tell you idolatry in india does not mean anything horrible it is not the mother of horrors on other hand it's attempt to underdeveloped mind to grasp higher spiritual truths the hindus have their faults they sometimes have exceptions but mark this this they are always for punishing for their own bodies and they never for cutting for the throats of neighbors if a hindu fanatic burns himself on the pyre he never lights a fire on ingushan and even he cannot be laid on the door of religion more than any burning of witches can be laid at the door of christianity to the hindu that the whole world of religion is only traveling and coming up a different men and women through various conditions and circumstances to the same goal every religion is only evolving a god out of the materialist man and same god is the inspirer to all of them why then there are so many contradictions they are not apparent say hindu the contradiction come from the same truth adapting itself to various circumstances of different natures it is the same light coming through glasses of different colors and this these little violations are necessary for purpose of adaptation but in the heart of everything the same truth reigns the lord has declared to the hindus in his incarnation as krishna out in every religion as a thread through a string of pearls whether those sees extraordinary holiness and extraordinary power raising and purifying humanity know thou that i am there and what has been result i challenge the world to find throughout the whole system in sanskrit philosophy and any expression as that hindu alone would be saved and not others save vidasa we find perfect men even beyond the pale of our caste and creed one thing more how then can the hindus whose fabric of thought is centered in god believe in buddhism which is agnostic or in jainism which is atheistic the buddhism or jains do not depend upon god but as the whole world in this religion is directed by the great central truth of every religion to evolve a god out of man they have not seen the father but they have seen the son and he has had seen the son has seen the father also this brethren in the short sketches of religious ideas of hindus the hindus may have failed to carry out all his plans but all there as ever is universal religion it must have been one which will have no location place or time which will be infinite like god it will be 
preach and whose sun will shine upon the followers of Krishna and the Christ and are saint or saints alike, which will not be Brahmanic, Buddhistic, Christianic, Mohammedan, but the sum total of all these, and still have infinite space for development in which Catholicity will embrace in infinite arms and find a place for every human being, from the lowest groveling savage to not from removed from the brute to highest man towering by virtues of his head and heart almost above humility, making society stand in awe in them. And doubt his human nature, it will be religion, it will be have no places, no persecution or intolerance in polity, which will recognize divinity every man and every woman, whose whole scope, whole, whole, whole force will be created and aiding humanity to realize its own true divine nature. Offer such religion, all other nations will follow you. Ashoka councils were council of Buddhist faith. Akbar's do more of purpose while only parlor meeting. It was reserved for America to proclaim at all quarters of the globe that Lord is in every religion. May he, who is a Brahman of Hindus, the Asura Mazda of the Zurastrian, the Buddha of the Buddhist, and Jehovah of Jews, Father in the heavens of Christians, give strength to you to carry out your noble ideas. The star who is in the east is travelled steadily towards the west, sometimes dim, sometimes ungulfed, and fluent, till it uh, makes circuit of the world, and now it's again rising on the very horizon of the east of the borders of the Senpo, a thousandfold more affluent than it ever was before. Hail Columbia, motherland of liberty, it has been to thee who never dipped her hand on her neighbor's blood, who never found out that shortest way of becoming rich was robbing one's neighbors. It has been given thee to march as a vanguard of civilization with the flag of harmony. Christians must always be ready for good criticism and I hardly think that you will mind it if I make a little criticism your Christians who are so fond of sending out missionaries to save the soul of the heathen why do you not try to save their bodies from starvation in India during the terrible famines thousands died from hunger yet you Christians did nothing you wreck churches all through India but crying evil in the East is not religion. They have religion enough, but it's bread that you're suffering. Millions of burning India cry out for the, with past thoughts. They ask us for bread, but we give them stones. It is an insult to a starving people to offer them religion. It's an insult to a starving man to teach him metaphysics. In India, a priest that, is, that preached for money would lose caste and be spat upon by people. I came here to seek aid for my improvised people and I fully realize how difficult it is to God to get help from heathens from Christian in a Christian land. I am not a Buddhist as you have heard and yet I am. If China or Japan or Ceylon following the teaching of the great master 
India worships him as God incarnate on earth. You have just now heard that I am going to criticize Buddhism. But by that I wish you understand only this far be from me to criticize him who is worshipping a God incarnate on earth. But our views about Buddha are that he was not understood properly. By his disciples and relation between Hinduism, Hinduism I mean the religion of Vedas and what is called Buddhism at present day is nearly the same as between Judaism and Christianity. Jesus Christ was a Jew and Shankyamuni was Hindu. The Jew rejected Jesus Christ, nay crucified him and the Hindus have accepted Shankyamuni as God and worshipped him. But the real difference that we Hindus want to show between modern Buddhism and what we should understand as teaching of Lord Buddha lies principally in this. Shankyamuni came to preach nothing new. He also like Jesus came to fulfill not destroy. Only in the case of Jesus it was old people the Jews who did not understand him. While in the case of Buddha it was his own followers who did not realize that in, uh, the imports of his teachings. As the Jews did not understand the fulfillment of Old Testament. So the Buddhists did not understand the fulfillment of truth of Hindu's religion. Again, I repeat, Shakyamuni came not to destroy, but he was the fulfillment of logical conclusion, the logical development of religion of Hindus. The religion of Hindus is divided into two parts, the ceremonial and the spiritual. The spiritual portion is specially studied by monks. In that there is no caste. A man from highest caste and man from the lowest may become monks in India and two castes become equal. In religion there is no caste. Caste is simply a social institution. Shankyamuni himself was a monk and he was his glory that he had that large heartedness to bring out the truth from hidden Vedas and throw them broadcast all of them world. He was the world. He was first being in the world who brought missionarizing into practice. Nay he was the first to convince the idea of Proselysing. The great glory of Master lay in the wonderful sympathy for everybody, especially for ignorant and the poor. Some of his disciples were Brahmins. When Buddha was teaching, Sanskrit was no more the spoken language in India. It was then only the books on learned. Some of the Buddha's Brahmin disciples wanted to translate his teaching into Sanskrit, but he distinctly told them, I am for the poor. For the people let me speak in the tongue of people. And so this day, the great bulk of his teaching are in vernacular of that day in India. Whatever may be the position of philosophy, whatever may be the position of metaphysics, so as long as there is a thing as death in this world, so as long as there is such thing as weakness in human heart, so long there is a cry going in the heart of man in his very weakness, there shall be faith in God. On the philosophical side of the disciple of the great master dashed themselves against eternal rocks of the with us and could not crush him. And on the other side, they looked, they took away from the nation that eternal God, which is everyone, man or woman, clings to so fondly. And the result was Buddhism. Had to die a natural death in India. At the present day, there is no one who calls oneself a Buddhist in India, the land of its birth. But at the same time, Brahminism lost something, the reforming zeal, the wonderful sympathy and charity for everybody. That wonderful heaven with Buddhism has taught to the masses and has rendered Indian society the great to Greek historians who wrote about India of their time was led to say that no Hindu was known to tell untruth and no Hindu woman was known to be unchaste. Hinduism cannot live without Buddhism, nor Buddhism can live without Hinduism. 
Then realize what, what the separation has shown to us that Buddhas cannot stand without the brain and philosophy of Brahmins, nor Brahmins without the heart of Buddhist. This separation between Buddhism and Brahmins is the cause of downfall of India. That is why India is populated by 300 millions of beggars and that is why India has been slave of conquerors in the last thousand years. Let us join the wonderful intellect of the Brahmins with the heart of noble soul of wonderful humanizing power of the great master. The world's parliament of religion has become accomplished fact and the merciful father has helped those labor to bring into existence and crowned with success of most unselfish labor. Many thanks to those noble souls whose large heart and love of truth first reigned this wonderful reign and then realized it. Many thanks to the shower of liberals sentiment that has overshadowed this platform. My thanks to this enlightenment audience for the uniform kindness to me and their appreciation of every thought that tends to smooth the friction of religion. A few jarring notes were heard from time to time in this harmony. My special thanks to them for they have been striking contrast made general harmony the sweeter. Much has been said of the common ground of religious unity. I am not going to just now to venture my own theory, but if anyone of here hopes that this unity will come by triumph of any one of the religion, then the destruction of the others to him I say, brother, yours is an impossible hope. Do I wish that Christian would become Hindu? God forbid. Do I wish Hindus or Buddhists would become Christian? God forbid. The seed is put in the ground and the earth and air and water are placed around it. Does the seed become the earth or the earth, air or water? No. It becomes a plant. It develops after its laws of its own growth, assimilates the air, the earth, the water, converts them into plant substance and grows into plant. Similar, in the case of religion, the Christian is not to become Hindu or a Buddhist not a Hindu or a Buddhist not to become a Christian, but each one, each must assimilate the spirit of the others and yet preserve this individuality and growing according to his own law of growth. And the parliament of religions has shown anything to the world. It has proved to the world that holiness, purity and charity are not the exclusive possession of any church in the world. And very system has produced men and women of the most exiled character in the face of evidence. If anybody dreams of the exclusive survival of his own religion and destruction of the others, I pity him from the bottom of my heart and point out to him upon the banner of every religion will soon be written in spite of resistance. Help and not fight. Assimilation and not destruction. Harmony and peace and not dissension.